Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of... What's going on, bro? Ooh, we're getting there. We're getting close to 200. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's my son. I think in uh, what was it, fourth grade or third? No, third grade. I'm sorry. Oh, look at him, yeah. man. Looks- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, oh, last week I, I brought it. I, I held it up during the intro, but I forgot to talk about. I wanted to plug uh, Nomad. Um, you know. Oh, no- oh yeah, dude. Those are some awesome. Uh, that's an awesome like, pack. Check out the sticker pack you gave me, man. There's some collaborations in here with our friend, the Chris, uh, you know, Robots Will Kill. And then I even see a London police one in there, man. So, uh, you know, you know. I Those guess. guys are big, man. Holy cow. <laughs> so it's awesome, man. I mean, like, uh, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and send these out to our Patreon patrons, man. So uh, I'm super stoked about it. Um, but Dude, yeah, I, got a, I got a story before we uh, get going here. Um, so, huh. This past week, the wife started basically the last part of the film that she's going to be working on, um, which was the sound design and the uh, color. Um, right. They got a colorist and they're going to be coloring, which to me is just like, isn't, it looks beautiful the way it is. But then she shows me a you know regular version, a color version. It's like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. I see the difference. Just smoother, um, right? Going into like the, every single scene, this kind of all the same hue. More vivid colors, dude. Just incredible. Uh, more of a palette and just more rich, deep colors. Um, but, dude, she started uh, getting a really bad fever. In the first day she went in for the first day of sound, um, she was having to lie on the floor. She was sweating and uh, she didn't get COVID, just got a nasty, nasty cold. Mm. and um so the uh when i realized that on the second day i put her on the the uh, zapper remember me talking about the zapper i do the virus here it is right here here's a zapper right here okay um i think there's you can still get them online see the zapper with that it's been a while since you talked about it man it's been a while since you talked about it so why don't you tell the audience again man it uh basically it kills it runs a square wave frequency through your body, you put them on uh, the wrist straps here, you just wet them and uh, they go around your wrists and you run it for about, you know, 45 minutes or an hour or so. Um, and it will break a fever. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, dude, it broke the wife's fever. And so the next day wasn't as bad. And then the day after that was better and better. And, you know, she's still a little bit stuffy, but dude, I think the zapper kind of saved the day because this is, you know, this is a crucial 
last part. Mm -hmm. um, she will be done this Friday with her part of the film, and then that's it will be ready very soon after that. So that's awesome. We are I mean, really awesome. looking forward to that. That's awesome that, uh, you know, it, it really gives me a newfound respect. I mean, I already had a lot of respect for people who made movies, but I just didn't. I really got to see the whole entire process from your when your wife came in and started talking about it. Remember, like this is mm -hmm. back in the old building. Right. And then yes. so I remember, you, you know, and then I, I think like when everything's all do done, we're going to have a lot of cool people to talk to on the show because, uh, you know, what yes. I mean? right. So I can't wait, man. And I, I just like I said, I just. I realize, you know, music, you can kind of do it by yourself if you want to. I mean, painting, you can do it by yourself, too, if you want. Yes, that's one of the things the wife is kind of jealous of me um, because I can, you know, go out and do a piece on the street or whatever and get it done within a few hours if I really want to, you know, from the start to the stencil to finish piece on the street, you know, as long as it's not too, uh, you know, complex. But, yeah, and, um, you know, for her, she needs dozens of other people to get this film done yeah, yeah. And like i said we started filming in budapest budapest whatever you want to say um last year in um june no, i'm sorry we actually we got over there in june we started filming in july so and it yeah, was about yeah. 31 days and you know it's now september of the following year yeah, yeah. You, and you, dude you know the I mean? the whole thing behind the the whole post-production and everything <laughs> just as stressful if not more than but i'm looking forward to it awesome man check this big bad boy out man this is a uh, mold this big ass of, mold, uh man. is that the size yes. of your head yeah dude look at that <laughs> it's literally the size this, of your head <laughs> yeah this dog is going to be 11 inches uh tall well people like big you know the others the originals were about five five inches high yeah. yeah, yeah. People like big things in their house to display, right? You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, of course you're making those little ones and you know, I love displaying at my house, but I mean like rich people, you know what I mean? They want, they have big houses <laughs> and they want to display big things. Well, these, you know what I mean? I'll probably make some more that are even bigger than this. Mm. Um, but these I'll probably make, uh, you know, a few out of like cement or uh, hydrostone, you know, like a gypsum type cement and put them out on the streets as, uh, you know, giveaways or stuff like that. Mm. And then I'll make some clear molds and then basically getting ready to make the bigger pieces. If, uh, Dude, what did you do this weekend, this past well, weekend? Uh, you know, my, my little sis came down from, or came back from Thailand after like a two and a half year hiatus. Cause, uh, Oh dude, that's the MMA girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had her on, um, you know, she's my fraternity little sis. And, uh, you know, we're super close and we've known each other since college. If you haven't checked out of that episode. Dude, that girl is badass, man. <laughs> yeah, she, Holy so cow. My little sis, Melissa Wang, she, uh, you know, she fought for Invicta or she actually still, she could still fight if she wanted to. But I think like, uh, you know, she's just training in Thailand, training people in Thailand at uh, one of the Muay Thai camps there. And also I think she's doing a lot of work with the church and stuff like that too, helping out people. And, uh, man, it's crazy that some of the pictures that she showed me. She showed me, um, uh, like, these people that were just, these Thai people that were just living inside. Imagine if, like, you know, the rain was just uh, coming, you know, raining hard, and then all of a sudden your kitchen is just flooded, right? But the thing is, like, you're just always living in that because it's always raining, you know what I mean? And then, like, uh, there's mosquitoes and things like that, you, you know, living inside the water. But that, that's just how they live. And and on top of that, you're living there with four other 
people too. You, you know what I mean? And the little kids, like, uh, they go and sell flowers. You know what though? If those other people were like content and happy, I could do that. I can live in like bare minimum yeah, type situations and be perfectly happy, especially if the people around me are, you know, have like a good spirit about them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause if you can be happy with nothing, you can be happy with anything. No, that's true. Sorry. I didn't mean to go deep on you there. No, no, no. I mean, I, I agree. I actually agree, but, but here's the thing. They are happy though. That, that's the weird thing. That's like, awesome, man. I bet you they're a lot happier than a bunch of millionaires. I know. Yeah, but here's the thing, like, it gets a little bit darker because, like, okay, like, you know, you got to sell flowers once you're, like, five years old, right? Okay. Uh, and, right. Okay. And then, okay, it starts there. And then once you're a teenager, you, you know what happens, right? So and then it's just, oh, this, no. it's just this cycle of, and I mean, th these are houses. These are kind of like, these are kind of like, uh, I don't know, like galvanized. Favelas, like the, just yeah, 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 all crammed together and everything yeah, yeah you know what i mean but like i said i asked her i was like are they happy and then she was like saying they actually are it's just like it's just this crazy cycle you, you know what i mean that happens so i don't know go figure out it was just an interesting you know talk to catch up with her and everything like that too so i'm glad she's back and we you know we got to catch up but uh sorry i, I don't want to leave oh, it on sweet. a dark note but like i said it's just something to think about you know what i mean but um, i want to you know introduce our guest today man this is uh, one of my friends I've had the longest at this point. Uh, his name is Dan Hamilton, and um, I went to art school with him. So, um, oh, hell yeah, this is uh... it's about thirty-five years ago that I got that I met him. <laughs> I can't wait. And he's an artist. He's a he's a better drawer than I am. And, uh, I've seen some of his work. He's a... It does look super cool, man. So uh, here we go. Without further ado. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> Can you hear us okay? I hear you just fine, James. How are awesome. you today? Wow, awesome. We hear you great too, yeah, bro. We hear you great. Hey, nice to nice to meet you over the Zoom, Dan. Oh, nice to meet you over the Zoom, James. How <laughs> are you, huh? I'm excited, man. I, I, you know, I've been waiting to have like a, uh, you know, a, a, a guest like this where we can actually <laughs> like talk about, you know, teacher back in his younger days before, uh, or sorry, Keith, as you know him actually, right? Because I, I know him as teacher, you, you know, I mean, the, uh, you know, prolific LA street artist, right? So, uh, but you, you know, you've known him from- It's earlier. married with twins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. It's very true. I've met the twins. No, Dan. Met the wife. Yeah. First of all, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, where are you exactly right now? I'm out in good old Pensacola, Florida. You're your stopping grounds of old, right? Well, yeah, about a half hour. Yeah, you know, so. Destin for Walton. I know you're. Yeah. Um, are we are we rolling right now? Is this part of this thing, the show at this yeah. point? Yeah. Oh, is, is part, it? Yes. This Absolutely. is part of the show. Yeah. We're rolling. Dude, we, we go like... raw. We go raw, dude. What are you kidding me? <laughs> we raw, though. And I missed the opening banter, the back and forth, talking about spiders and, and grease. Well, 
<laughs> Whatever's you listen to a couple of the other episodes. Yeah, oh, we get. Thank uh, you, Dan. Thank you. You, you know, we're not we afraid do... to talk about anything. We've been doing this for five years, and uh, you know, teachers running out of content, so we got to talk about spiders. And uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and his teeth. He's got terrible teeth. <laughs> that's a that's a recurring yes. theme on the show, actually. You, you know, look, they I mean? look nice. So look at this. Look at that. No more pain, huh? Those are nice chompers. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I mean, they're he, they're he very porous. You know. Well, dude, they're very porous. They have ridges. And no matter how good a care I take of them, they go bad. And that's lots and lots of pain. And, dude, I would rather have another ACL replaced in my knee and a total reconstruction and rehab that than go through what I'm going through right now. I mean, oh, okay, you know what? Enough about the teeth. Enough about the teeth. Yeah, let's um, share the audience so, with teeth uh, talk. <laughs> you know, people want to know. I was telling them, Dan, that I actually met you. I met you in art school, and that was uh, 1987, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, we've known each other for about 35 years. We we shared a we shared a a hall, not a dorm. Oh, dude, there we go. Look at that. Look at the mullets. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. There this was the, this yes. was the uh, 80s for sure, man. <laughs> Early 90s. Now that is a little uh, a little Photoshop magic going on there. We did uh, we actually didn't have a shot of us together, so I I cobbled one together there. The same era, but you know. <laughs> well, you were, so you were one of yeah. the ones always around, actually taking the pictures and stuff. You know, like what's funny about were, that is I wish I you were more. much more productive than I was. I know that's for sure. Well, um, I don't know about that, but that's kind of you to say so. But yeah, I actually wish I had taken more photos of us instead of you know reference shots of yeah, i don't know whatever girls yeah. and whatever and concert <laughs> shots i would always go out and take a bunch of concert shots of bands that we don't really care about these days <laughs> but, uh, but yeah gone. Shots of us. but uh yeah there's that and uh yeah and we, you and i we we lived in the same dorm hall you were yes, down the road we shared the same bathroom oh man that was funny i yeah it was a, it was an interesting time it was very interesting First time really out of the house for me. Maybe same for you. Was this like a communal bathroom a or was it like kind of yes. like Yes, a... yes okay, it was, okay. James. A no, communal you know, bathroom. There was, you know, wait, 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 wait. There was one, two, three, four rooms, each with two guys in each room. And we would share a bathroom that had, what was it? One, two, three urinals and then three uh, toilets. Or no, okay. one, two, three toilets and three showers, I think it was. Like toilets on one side, showers on the other, something like that. Do you remember um, the name? It's been of your a long hall? time. You know, I don't remember the layout or anything. What's that? Do you remember the name of your hall? Because I do. I'm just saying, like, uh, Appleton. Appleton. It was Appleton. It was Appleton. Appleton. Very good. There you go. There yes. you go. Yes. Hell yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> and you know what's funny too is I remember this is like '87 when we first yeah. met, and so we were going back way. You know, we were teenagers, 17, All the time. whatever we were, but. I remember the AIDS epidemic was starting to rage at that time, right? Oh. Like it was a thing and like we were a little freaked out about it. And we, one of our, one of our fellow dorm hall people was a gay guy. And because we had these yeah. communal bathrooms, like people were a little freaked out about sharing a bathroom. They're like, what if a mosquito bites that guy? And then he bites me. I think this is a blood related trip. Do you remember any of this, this hysteria? Dude, I, oh, yes. And you reminded me of a vision that I was able to get out of my mind through, you know, <laughs> several therapists that I put out of business. Um, I just happened to walk in one time when dude uh, had a, I guess a beard trimmer or whatever, and was bent over and was oh. trimming his, uh, his underside. <laughs> Uh -huh. His balls. 
Ooh, well, well, yeah, that area too, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> okay. Well, so anyway, yeah, back to the therapist now. So, hold on, real quick. So, so I remember this. This was the Carl Malone uh, thinking Magic Johnson. I don't want to play with you because uh, uh, yes, you, know, you, you have AIDS. Yes, it was, dude. Vision, right? Okay, it was okay. that time exactly. I, I mean, that no cell phones. That mentality, basically, right? But I can imagine right now, you know, with with uh, you know. Viruses are trending, right? So, uh, like I said, it's just, just like, uh, you know, it, it's interesting how when you guys actually lived through that during college, man, I mean, like, were pretty people like freaking out about it because I would imagine, or was it like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me because I'm not, uh, I'm not gay or something like that. You, you know, I mean, like, how, how, what was the, what was the, dude, unfortunately, uh, for me, yeah, that's how it was because I'm like, well, you know what, I'm not gay at all. I don't know if you're not gay guys or whatever. So, you know, screw that. I didn't even think about the possibility or, yeah, that maybe a girl that I was dating or seeing or whatever might have a gay friend that she gives a kiss or something happens between them. Like, I was too stupid to even think of that luckily <laughs> what about you dan well yeah I'll, I, you know i was so heartbroken over my last high school girlfriend that i i that's all i could think about it so i was just like it's not gonna yes. get me i think i'm with this bitch i'm not i'm not even getting laid there's no there's no way it can get me man <laughs> and, i love that and, and then then you, what do you know then i started seeing other cute um, chicks around college and you know things took off from there because I was I was just thinking about that because you know monkeypox is kind of starting off like that. It's like oh, it's just ah, like you're a, right. It's just like a gay, you know, between uh, heteros. I mean, homosexual men. It's ninety six percent. So I'm just like okay, I don't have to worry about. It. But like I said, I'm just thinking like it, back in the late eighties. I feel like this is the same trend. But anyways, let's move on from the uh, virus yeah, okay. topic. <laughs> new, new topic. Disease, or you should have heard what we were talking about right before we got on with you, Dan. I mean, James has really put it down. You know, we're like. Arr! <laughs> well, like I said, we just, we just, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, you know, we just come on here. We just talk about our authentic lives, man. We have pretty interesting lives, man, because we're artists, right? So it's just like I got a question for you, Dan. Yeah. Um, were you in, were you in figure class uh, your first year? Were you going? Oh, are you going to talk that? about the dripper? <laughs> no, no, uh, yeah, yeah. But, was, uh, now that you brought it, now up, that you brought it, up, yes, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, what's the dripper, can you guys man? hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Something's going on with my headphones. I can hear you. What happened? Okay. Yeah, don't <laughs> do that, Dan. Dan's mouthing. Pretend okay. Um, no, the, the, I was going to, you know, the um, going into a, a room and having a, an, a, a female model pose nude had never, ever happened to me before. What about you, Dan? Uh, no. Never happened either. It was very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was cool. On well, some of them, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd ask you. You know what I mean? But yeah, okay. Have you ever had this, James? You ever? Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I've never been to like art school, did visual arts, so I've never. I've never had that experience. But I have seen it in a movie. But anyways, um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious just, to see what you're going to say, Dan, about the uh, whether they were good looking or whatever. Some of them were attractive. Some of them, you. Uh, <laughs> You'd rather not see naked, you know. The, the, there's some uh, older folk that, uh, you know. Uh -huh. I, I, look, it, it all becomes an interesting subject to draw. And you know what I've always said, even at this stage, I'm like, give me a fat old man to draw any day yes. over a young hot chick. Just way easier, yeah. far less, you know, consequences at the other end of it when you 
when they want to see a drawing and they're like, ah. <laughs> yeah. like you said, so, maybe it's more interesting too. That's real. That's, uh, like I said, you couldn't. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Right quick. The dripper. So um, unfortunately <laughs> we had a, had a guy that uh, would come in that was, I'd say he was what about fifties, mid late fifties or so, Dan. Yeah. Well, what was funny about that is I'll bet he was younger than that. He was probably 35 ish, but to us, he was so much to older. Us, he felt like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. But he would, um, you know, be standing there and uh, he would kind of not get a hard on, you know, but kind of, you know, get a little what they call uh, flaccid slightly. And then all of a sudden there would be a drip that would stem from his. Here's what I think was going on was I think he didn't want to become aroused during, because we had some attractive classmates and whatever, who knows? Yes, we did have some pretty girls in there. But I think maybe he he kind of rubbed one out before he had to go pose. And that's why he kind of had a semi-chub, you know, and he would just sit there and, and maybe, you know, something, there was extra little food. One time I remember, I just remember, was, I just he was in his pose. And next thing you know, I would look down. And next thing you know, he's catching something real quick. And he, and he took his pose again. And I don't know what happens. I, look, I feel for those people. In I don't the, know, man. Maybe it was a sick fuck just getting off on standing in front of people naked, dude. I, I'm just saying, maybe. maybe but uh, they got you, paid. <laughs> they got paid really good. So you know, I'm just kidding. I, I, but uh, well, that's pretty interesting, man. I feel like it does take a lot of balls to, uh, you know, just <laughs> present yourself in front of. Uh, uh, even if it's a bunch of students, I mean, you know, I think like people perform surgery in front of students naked too, right? You know, it's it, it, and it is embarrassing, right? You know, you have to show your junk to, you know, but but it's for the uh, you know benefit of uh, the students learning, right? So, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so any other? Now I gotta. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, James. No, I'm just saying. Any. <laughs> Any other stories that? Just oh, you want to know some more gory stories about the models and stuff, right? <laughs> we, we no, that, or, I mean, I don't know how well you know Keith beyond the the podcast, but you know, there's some key stories you might like to hear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, ex- this is exactly what I want. I mean, <laughs> I think we know each other pretty well because I mean, we have been doing the podcast for for five years. You know, oh, I mean, and and congrats on nearing 200 episodes. Oh, that's, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for noticing, bro. That yeah, is quite a huge accomplishment. And you know what? If you want to have me on the 200, I'll, I'll be, I'll make myself available. Okay. I, you know, <laughs> just to, you know, oh, well, like I said, if you tell us some really good stories, we would love to have you on as a regular, just to, a regular segment, just to embarrass uh, Keith a little bit, you know, tell a little <laughs> classic story about Keith. But anyways, um, you know, like I said, you I have no have... shame. Knock yourself out, Dan. Go ahead. You know what? He doesn't have much shame. He really doesn't. That, that's why I fuck with this guy, though. You know, this is the authentic motherfucker. Like, you know, what I mean, and that's what artists need to be. You know what I mean? We need to be really. But dude, back when I met Dan, like the idea of being married and having kids and being a graffiti artist. No. Not anywhere in my, right, Dan? Yeah, well, it's been cool to see, like, because we've known each other, God, ugh, you know, shuttered. 35 say, years. 35, 35 years. So it's kind of cool to see where our careers have gone, where we've taken. I, as a matter of fact, I think we, we were roommates in Los Angeles for, I don't know, three years-ish, somewhere around there. Oh, and wow. three years, exactly. Was, was when you first moved to LA was you you moved in with me right wasn't that the case yes I did exactly okay quick story um James yeah my, one of the reasons why I came out to LA when I did um which was 1999 actually um 
I uh, met a couple of casting directors in Florida um, and they thought I had a chance with doing some acting out here, even though I haven't taken any classes or anything like that. So I came out, they actually got me in on a general hospital uh, casting and I was almost on general hospital, but then they got me in on a uh, Will and Grace episode of the season premiere of, uh, yeah, season premiere of the second season. I had like a, a, you know this really about him, short... no, no, he... no, no, I didn't actually. I, I, I'm listening yes. intently right now. <laughs> and I remember, if I can, all right, he, he had a, he had a big line on uh, Will and Grace, and it wasn't until the end of the show that you finally see him. And it turned out he was Will's sleepover one night stand kind of get the Borders it, bookstore guy. It, yeah, it it was awesome because then we we were like, ah, you were Will's one night stand. We kind of made fun. Of you know that. what, James? While we're talking, if you want to look up who's coming, guess who's coming to dinner? I think it is or something like that. Will and Grace, uh, yeah, second I, season, I, I, episode I'm, I'm one or whatever. <laughs> You've already got it. No, I'm on it right now already. But, yeah, uh, that's already, his episode. Right. <laughs> you know what? Uh, while I'm thinking about that, actually, um, yeah, I had the sweetest setup. Um, I was staying with these guys for a few days. And then I was like, uh, Dan, uh, you know, I'm trying to look for a place to stay. And luckily his roommate had just moved out. He's like, uh, yeah, you want to come over and check out the place? Dude, it was in Brentwood on Darlington, right near Vicente. It was the third floor up. It had a nice balcony, which I ended up climbing up several times because I locked myself out a few times. <laughs> um, and how much was I paying you for rent? Was it like 650 bucks? I just remember that like being roughly, it was about that much, right? Yeah, it's probably about yeah, that it's much. About, yeah, and for what That's you would be paying thing. probably, yeah, 6000 or $7,000 or $10,000 a month for right now. And I am not kidding. Ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I uh, I'm actually got to meet one of my better clients because of Dan. He did some storyboards for the X-Files. and. Um, Chris, uh, Chris Carter was so impressed at the job he did that he invited him to come out um, for the day that they were filming the storyboards that he drew. And so my good old buddy, Dan, um, a friend of ours was in town as well, invited us to come to the, you know, to the set with him. So cool, man. You know, here's David Duchovny walking around, Jillian Anderson, you know, and everything, and we're chilling. And Dan, Dan is, like I said, one of the best drawers I know. And He's very smart. He always carries around a sketchbook. And so he had his sketchbook there and he's sitting there drawing. People would walk by him. They'd be like, dude, whoa, that's awesome, man. And so, um, you know, after a while, I'm, I'm hanging out and I, you know, was single at that time. And I uh, ended up meeting um, one of the uh, costume designers, uh, my friend Nancy Collini, actually. Um, still friends with her today. And uh, Nancy, if you're listening, hi, love you. She's in Cincinnati right now. But um, because I got to know her, um, I ended up uh, getting to know Dave Duchovny. And this is, let me just tell you, okay, one more quick part about this. Dave's a very interesting guy. Um, I kind of didn't like him at first because when she first introduced <laughs> me to him, he was kind of like, yeah, hi, how you doing? Whatever. And I was like, okay, you know, fuck this guy. <laughs> um, but then I find out why, uh, you know, maybe about a year or so later, um, Nancy had a tendency to go through guys pretty quickly that she was dating. Um, we maybe dated very shortly, but then we, we ended up being friends and like one of the coolest friends I've ever had. 
And um, so, you know, she'd always invite me to do things that, you know, were going on, like they would go to the bowling alley, rent it out or whatever, come on set, this, that, and the other. And so after about, I think it was a year maybe, um, yeah, David finally started saying hi to me, <laughs> you know? Like, wow, what's this, you know? But then I understood why, you know? Why get to know a guy that's probably gonna be out of there like in a month or a couple of weeks or something like that, you know? And then I ended up doing a painting for him. His wife, Taya Leone, uh, calls me up one day. He's like, hey, I want you to do a painting of David's dog. Can you do that? I'm like, sure, yeah. And I think it was gave it to him for Christmas. The next time I saw him after that, dude walks up to me and gives me a hug. I did a painting of his dog that he absolutely loved named Blue. And, um, you know, since then, uh, yeah, we've been like friends, basically. Um, That's awesome. So, and he's hired me to do quite a few um, portraits and stuff and now, and now street art. Um, so he's got a collection of my work before being a graffiti artist and uh and after and that's due to mr hamilton thank you very much sir dude that's awesome man what can i say yes yes happy now but that gives you an idea of the kind of work that uh that dan can do i mean dude storyboarding um sometimes you see storyboards and they're very simple little stick figure drawings and stuff like that but dan can do basically the highest level uh storyboards that you will ever see so um I'm taking a look at Dan's work right now on his Instagram, and I'm just like blown away, man. I mean, do you do? Well, sure. Let's, let's look at a few of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, well most of the stuff on Instagram is stuff out of my story. I mean, out of my sketchbooks. But uh, yeah, my website's got samples of my storyboard work, and that's kind of the bulk of what I do. I'm kind of a commercial artist here, and and uh, you know, so I'm a gun for hire, and I do a lot of movie work, conceptual renderings. I'll do. Um, Kind of whatever comes in, a lot of internet stuff, a lot of uh, theme park work. Right now, I'm working. There's on a Santa Monica Pier right there. You just passed by. Yeah, yeah, that was Santa Monica Pier. Go back. Yeah, that's Santa Monica Pier right there. Beautiful, yeah, that was uh, from earlier this year. Uh, yeah, I was just. And this day, dude, he does it without you know looking at a photo, you know, or anything like that. He just it's what what's technically called plain air um, rendering, and uh, yeah, he's he's like one of the best, basically. Man. Now, back in uh, in art school, Dan, you remember when uh, Disney uh, would come to the school, like, you know, Disney, the, the cartoons and stuff like that? Right. They would come visit our school. And, you know, at first I thought, yeah, I want to, you know, draw cartoons and stuff like that. But then I learned that you don't start as a character drawer. You start at what's, because, what's called an in-betweener. And an in-betweener, you know... You draw Dan, you know what an in-betweener is? <clears throat> yes. Well, yeah, yeah, an in-betweener, you <clears throat> tell us, Dan. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, uh, when Disney came through, I was fortunate enough to, to land one of their, their internships. And that's kind of where I got that's my right. start like, yeah. after, after, after Disney. So that, that led me to working at the Disney Animation Studios in Orlando. And uh, yeah, as an in-betweener, you're gonna draw every drawing that comes in between the key poses. So the animator roughs out what the action's gonna be and you're gonna fill in everything in between this and this, you know? And, and basically uh, about how many drawings would be between like a very simple gesture, like say you go from this, you know, to that, like up 10, 20, 30, 
perhaps maybe the action's really quick and you only need one drawing in between there or maybe it's slow motion and you're going to need yeah a hundred drawings in between. Oh, good dream. So, oh, wow. It's yeah, getting hot in here. Oh, it can become amazing, a bit yeah. uh, monotonous, but uh, but that's the gig. That's the gig. Well, anyway, I'm, that's, I'm that led me to work for for Disney Online out in California. And that's kind of when I picked up a move there in the mid-90s. And, uh, and from there, I kind of started freelancing. And what else did I do? Oh, and I worked for a prop shop, a place called Design Town, and that led me to to meet other people that were helping me out with getting in the movie business. The next thing you know, I'm kind of working for myself, and I've been a freelance storyboard artist for most of that time. I'd say about the past, you know, thirty-ish years. So uh, damn, dude. So wow. it's kind of it's kind of led to a bunch of things. Like uh, it even led to me, like your claim to fame, of the bit there, Keith, that you were talking about was was a uh, was uh, will and grace excuse me but and mine was uh, they put me in legally blonde as the courtroom sketch artist so yeah that's right so if you see that they show at least two of my drawings and they show uh, they show me a couple times I mean it's really quick but the funny thing is that everybody back in my hometown of Pensacola where I am at this moment they uh, you know they all thought I'd, I'd made it and you know you're a big star and you know you're Mr. Hollywood so that was kind of funny even though I was in there for two seconds. But uh, but it was kind of cool and it was cool. It, it was a, it was the same thing with me with Will and Grace. You know, they're like, "Oh my God, Bill's gonna be a big star now!" Woo! And I'm like, "Not as a gay guy. Not gonna do it. Not ever gonna do that role again." <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, speaking. Yeah. All right, back to you though for a second, Keith and and James. You might find this interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard. And you're no shame, right? No shame, Keith, right? I don't know if you've ever heard oh. about Keith's career as a Chippendale guy. Right? Do you know about this? I, I, I okay, we do. I have heard about this. Heard it, so, right. so, so yeah, I ha I have. So, but you, I'm just saying, maybe we know some extra details because uh, like, I don't you know, know. I don't know too many details outside of. <laughs> I don't think he did it long, and he was loosely associated okay. with the Chippendale murder plot. Yeah, yes, exactly. Actually, ex you know exactly. Yes, it, you, you know what? Like I said, at first. Oh, okay, so you've confirmed that he didn't do it for a very long time. That's good because he—that is exactly what he said. Because I, I was questioning whether, you know, is this like a side thing that you did? You, you know what I mean? That your modeling <laughs> turned like a left turn or something like that. But um, you know, and then one day I was watching uh, Hulu, and then all of a sudden it came up. It said the Chippendales murder. You know, yeah. what I mean, I was like, and I immediately texted teacher, and I was like, dude, bro, I, I literally just saw the documentary. And I, it wasn't that I didn't believe him. It was just like. I thought it was just some random thing that happened. Like, uh, like I said, that was just a Keith's personal experience. I didn't realize that it was actually like, uh, like a full-on like story from like the early '90s, late '80s, or or whenever whenever this happened. You, you know what I mean? Like newsworthy. Like I said, I thought this was just something that happened to to, to Keith. You, you know what I mean? So like, I was afterwards, I was like. Well, there you go. There you have it, man. And Keith was like, oh, we don't really need to talk about it again, do we? But here we are talking about it. Again. No, I don't care. Like I said, I don't mind. The dude, the guys who were trying to come after me and kill me, you know, the, the guy that was going to pay for it or whatever, Steve Banerjee, this little Indonesian fella, um, he's dead now. He hung himself uh, when they went to get him from his prison cell to be sentenced to 26 years to life in prison for having his partner shot in the face. By Hitman about nine years before that. So, yeah, when I found that out, uh, I was like, oh, they're, they're, they were trying to kill me? That's interesting. Are they still trying to kill me? No, he's dead. Okay. 
Yeah. You know, it was like one of the biggest roller coasters in my life, moments in my life, but it very shortly lived, luckily. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's amazing where life takes us. Like, we've all got crazy stories like that. I know I've got a couple Wait, crazy Speaking stories. of which, uh, where life takes us, um, James, uh, my buddy Dan here is a burner. Burn oh, Man. Shit. Okay. I've been. Now, uh, go ahead, James. <laughs> I would say I went to Burning Man five times. Then I realized I'm like, I'm not a burner. <laughs> what, what made you say that? Because I just what? came I just came back from it. Oh, I just went... okay, I, I'm just, just joking. You know what? To be honest, um, I, it's just all right. Here's the real practical reasons. It's just like really far away and really expensive to go and have like a really uh, a good time that I feel like I can have in in Los Angeles. Because for me, like uh, back in the day when I was going to Burning Man, it was more about disconnecting from technology and disconnecting from society and kind of like uh going to see this uh, magical place but nowadays i mean i'm seeing instagram videos stories of people you know at burning man you know so it's like i'm just like live oh, you know, streams I, I could just che- i could just check it out on people's stories i don't need to go to this mythical place that people keep on telling me about through the rave scene that it's like super dope but like i said to me it's just uh uh you know i I don't know. I feel like I need an RV next time I go or something like that, too. You, you know what I mean? And and uh, I don't know. I, every single time I've went. So you can have camping. somewhere nice to wash up and sleep. And yeah. Yeah. Thing. I'm a pussy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, an, an RV changed my life. The first I, I've been 14 times now. And the first three Woo! or four, I went in a tent. And then I, <laughs> yeah, I got a little travel trailer you, you tow behind you. It, it makes life a lot better, you know? It mm-hmm. does, it really does. And you know, about that is that uh, when we do see the stuff on Instagram or social media or whatever, it's people posting about, you, you, they never show you everything going on behind the scenes, like all Very the true. work and the stress and the strife and the fights with people in your camp or you know, the, the money you spend or the, the flat tire you got, all this crap that goes- Dude, tell them about your, uh, you your, uh, your a- rocket, your rocket launcher and rocket. Oh yeah, yeah. In two thousand eight, me and uh, me and my wife at the time, and a bunch of friends, uh, we we my wife and I, yes, we <laughs> we we strove to create this giant art car that that mm. uh, really didn't get off the ground. So there's not much of a story there, in that it didn't didn't happen. But well, but I do have an installation that I want to bring. About. I mean, and this is kind of you know this is I don't know. Burning Man is kind of a a forum, if you will. Of, yeah a place to showcase your work and maybe get a little attention, a little notoriety. Like there are some legitimate artists doing really yes. cool, inventive, crazy stuff. I'm always amazed at what people drag to the desert. And a lot of times it's really yes. beautiful, <laughs> wondrous stuff that maybe you only see for that week that it exists because right. they burn it at the end of the week. Yeah. But, so Dan, let me ask you though, do you have a camp that you're part of? Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been camping with a, a camp called post-nuclear family. Okay. And, okay, cool. See, and that's been, the past, I don't know, maybe eight times I've gone to camp with those guys. Yeah, yeah I, feel like, guys. I feel like, you know, you, I, what I would recommend people who haven't been to Burning Man, who are interested in going to Burning Man, to definitely check out the pre-Burning Man events to kind of go meet people, to join a camp. Because I don't think, it's very hard to just go solo dolo like like back in the day. You know, you can just get a ticket and then just go boom and then just go. And then that that's Yeah, but what about if there's a dust storm? Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, there's dust storms, and like I said, the, the only reason I went so many times is actually because different chicks wanted to go. So I was like, "All right, let's go." Like I've already been before, let's go. 
And, uh, you know, I've lost all those relationships to after Burning Man, you know, like often happens, right, Dan? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's a tough environment. It's exactly. a tough, it, it will it's put not, a lot of stress on you. Exactly. Yeah. It's not something, it's, it's like a, it's like an adventure you go on and there's going to be bad times too, you know, there's going to be its ups and downs. And, you know, you know, I think a lot of people, especially the rave scene, which I come from, like, you know, I'm a music producer that, that you know, people just expect it's the same thing. But in the rave community, everything's set up for you, a curated experience, kind of. At Burning Man, it's kind of like everybody's coming together to create that, you know, experience that you see. It's a little bit different. And, you know, people aren't as nice uh, necessarily at Burning Man as they are at the rave scene because not everybody's on ecstasy over there. There's a lot of, like, just random people, you know, I'm going for different reasons. And it's just like, you know, it's very tribal and people think like, oh, I can barter. It's not about bartering. It's about gifting. You know what I mean? So if you can't make friends, then nobody will give you gifts. And if you didn't bring any uh, if you didn't bring any supplies, you're fucked. If you're an asshole, just like trying to go out there and just like trade beers with people. You, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, it's just I, I love it. But like I said, it's just not. Uh, my identity anymore uh, like going to every single year you know what i mean but um maybe i always tell keith though if you ever want to go back bro i'm down to go back again you, you know i'm I mean? too old to go now no i need to have i need <laughs> absolutely to not nice too old. And, look and you want to say mage i just went i i enjoy it you can still have that's fun true. And, you, you, and yet that whole that, i think that's a misnomer that everything's a bartering system or whatever yes. i mean you they preach or they they would like you to come self-reliant and that's kind of yes, the radical self-reliance exactly but it's also like if you go to a party and you want to bring a six-pack maybe you know you'll drink three of those beers when the three are for whoever else i mean you kind of you bring a little more to share which you might call a gift or you might just call just being generous or being yeah. neighborly yeah you know? so i mean it, it generally is a cool vibe i've well, I found that, that over the years the bigger it's gotten the harder it is to maintain that small, intimate, like like the first time, first community, time community feeling. Yeah, yeah, the first few times I went, you couldn't take more than ten steps without somebody introducing themselves to you, or giving you a hug, or giving you a gift, or telling. Do you people say, now, still say welcome home when they see. They you? still say that. They still okay, say good, 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 because that was like one of my favorite moments of like uh, Burning Man initially. Like you know, once you enter. And it's like whenever you meet people, people are saying welcome home. And it just felt like, dude, you're a fucking weirdo, too. And we're all here <laughs> being weirdos together, at yeah. least for this weekend. Right. You know, but as the brain cells starts dwindling and the week starts carrying on, people starts getting meaner. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> the sun starts getting to people. Right. So, like I said, I think I, I, I honestly think it's a great experience, but it's not for the faint of heart. Definitely. You, you know what I mean? Don't be a princess like trying to like just like press it out out there i i mean you know or whatever is the male equivalent of that you, you know what i mean um yeah. i'm about at that point right now unfortunately so what um, we fly you oh you know what dan and then like you know <laughs> <laughs> then people would make fun of me oh you yeah. went to burning okay. man but uh yeah i had to have it all nice you went glamping huh? you, camp, you went glamping <laughs> um let's talk about music uh Dan, when we were back in art school and, oh, and no. you know high school and stuff like that, what uh, what type of music did you like? Who were your <laughs> bands and everything? Look, it's a little embarrassing to admit in these days, but I was I was ashamedly you know this or, or unabashedly a, a hair metal guy. I just liked my my hair bands mm. and well, yeah. Uh, did you see his hair? I mean, you you saw the picture, right? We showed you in the beginning, right? Uh, I was all about Bon Jovi uh, and Tesla and White Lion and you know whoever else was kind of Guns N' Roses was big. Yeah, 
Yeah. Nice, nice. Poison I mean, rat. Okay, but that. once you got you past know, that, once you got past that, what uh, what type of music uh, was you know did you go into, and then what are you listening to now? Man, you know what? You know what's funny is I just listen to a lot of Paint the Town podcasts these days. That's all I listen. Oh. To. <laughs> what a guy! What but, a guy! This actually, guy, huh? But actually, I, I tastes have changed a little bit. I do find myself like, eh, you know, you listen to K Rock out in L.A. or whatever, and you know, it's kind of they're still playing Nirvana for the, you know, you, you'll hear that in heavy rotation still. So yeah, it was kind of the same old thing. And and uh, yeah, I, I I went from you know rock to grunge to I don't know classical to a little rockabilly to whatever. But you know, I, there's even I don't really like country too much or. I was just going to ask, is there any type of music that you cannot listen to? And I, and that's, I, there's some country I'm okay with, but if they don't look like they're enjoying themselves, like if it's a pain in the ass for them to play the song for you, then I don't like that shit. Like I lost my shit and now I think I'm going to quit. Well, country's and, good. You know, in it's the, like country's good in that they'll tell you a, a story. And I like that aspect of it, but why they got a twang? And, and yodel a little bit. I don't like that part. You know? oh, what about, okay. Because they drink a lot, dude. You see how good you are when you're drunk, huh? Come on. <laughs> but what about, okay, what about like a Johnny Cash singing Hurt? You, you know what I mean? Something like that. He's talking about pain, right, Teach? I mean, but for some, you, you know, I mean, and that's country, right? Or I don't know if that's, people don't, it's different than the country that's out these burns, days. But burns, burns, the ring of <laughs> fire, the Last ring of fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 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 look, music is still is pretty important. I mean, it kind of motivates me, inspires me. Um, I know that if I'm writing, I've been doing a lot of writing these days. And what? Uh, what do you mean? What kind of writing? Well, there, there is something I'm kind of working on, something that might be coming out soon that I've been working on. It's a, a little adult porn going on. What's what's uh... no, no, no. It's a <laughs> it's, it's a story. It's kind of a fact meets fiction story that deals with uh, our Native American friends and one General Ooh. Custer. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, I'm a big so. history buff, man. And I, Where I fact love... meets fiction. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's it's a historic story that you've- Yeah, historic fiction so where, where I'm bringing Custer back to life and uh, on the day he dies and, and he's kind of gonna, it's a little like, um, you know, what's the, you know, a, a Christmas Carol, you know, where, you kind of see the wrongs of your, like Custer in and of itself, he's a fascinating character. As a matter of fact, as part of my research and just because I wanted, oh, here's something kind of cool. I don't know if you can see that, but, but. Uh, oh, oh wow, yes, Norman you know, Rockwell. Yeah, I, I got a, uh, I've been collecting. Norman Rockwell is uh, an illustrator that did a lot of uh, like old America type of um, paintings basically. Uh, but they would be in like the Washington Post, and uh, there you go. Yeah. All right, so we got Custer. All right, here, awesome. here's Custer's autograph from when he's. He, this is a letter he addressed to his oh, wow. wife. And uh, what is that? The actual letter, that. dude? Is that that an original? What the fuck? Yeah, that's an original original envelope. You know, says uh, basically. How the hell autograph. did you get that? Well, you can Where find you anything on eBay, man. Like just like this, you know, Norman Rockwell thing. But anyways, <laughs> as part of my research. So are you researching a lot about like Lakota and the Cheyenne kind of Indians, or are you saying it from the Custer side? Um, well, no, definitely, yeah, Lakota Indians. As a matter of fact, I've I've gone to the reenactments up at uh, Little Bighorn for the past four years. Oh, I've gotten to know oh. some of the the re, there's a there's a fam like half of the battlefield is is on national park land, 
and the other Montana, half is right? privately owned. Yeah, this is Montana, Southern Montana. And the other half is owned by Native Americans on the uh, the Crow Reservation. And and one family there is the Real Bird family is their name. And I've gotten in, I've had some wild stories with these guys. And not to not to play into any stereotypes, but but one day I was looking. <laughs> No, but it, was, it happened to me. So it's, I don't know. Anyway, here's what Dude, happened. don't worry about it. You got to be so careful with shit today. We're all good here, okay? Don't worry. All right, good. We're among friends. We're fine. Look, we got diversity here. James, what kind of... May I ask <laughs> yeah, what exactly. Kind of, don't uh, worry. If you have what brand of Asian are you? If I, if I, I, I'm, I'm trying... I'm t- my parents are from Taiwan, but my grandparents are from China, but I'm born here. So uh, okay. I'm Chinese-American, basically. But I always got to say the Taiwan side so they don't think I'm a commie. You, you know what I mean? So I, I'm, I'm just letting you know. So uh, this is how PC we're going to get here, okay? So d- don't worry. I'm here. Okay. We're all good. <laughs> we all mean good here, okay, folks? Shut the fuck out! Jeez. Okay, please go ahead, Dan. All right, so one day I'm looking for one of these, uh, these markers from – because the battlefield there at Little Bighorn is pretty fascinating and that they've got markers where soldiers fell. And because, you know, we kept better records, we kept records, period. Native Americans didn't keep records. So when their dead fell, they they, don't, they can't tell you who they were, where they were from or whatever, or they were just part of our tribe. Anyway, I'm looking for some of the soldiers' markers down kind of in the private land, you know, and I'm trying not to trespass and I'm going down a dirt road. That's It's public road. It's got a street sign to it. Anyway, there was a car coming back the other way, and it's a small dirt road where you really can't get two cars around. I thought, damn it. And I also thought, damn it, it's going to be a Native American guy, I'm sure, right? He's not going to be happy with me, white guy trespassing or seemingly you know, poking around. So you guys so haven't he- learned your lesson, have you? Exactly. And, and that's another thing, too, is like <laughs> when they play these little war games, they take the actual Native Americans, the Indian kids, and they put them against a bunch of white people, and it's they're all playing pretend, but you know, way back when it was it was serious business back then, and they were they were fighting oh. over resources and a way of life, you know. And and here we are, we're all just kind of playing cool now. Anyway, all right. So this truck's coming back the other way, and I kind of pull over a little bit, hoping he's just going to try to get around me. And he pulls up next to me, and uh, <laughs> and he's you know gives me the roll down your window signs. So I'm like, oh man. So he's like he's like, hey, what are you doing? It was two guys in there, two Indian guys. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I was just looking for one of these markers from the, you know, the cavalry for way back when. He's like, yeah, they're all around. He's like, you want to see them? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I'll take it to you. I'll show it to you. He's like, but first you got to have a drink. And he pulls up, like the one buddy pulls up a big bottle of whiskey. And he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, have some. And I'm like, I got to do this. So I take the whiskey yeah. from him and I have a, and he's like, yeah, where do you want to go? You want to go on horseback? I'll show he was the nicest guy, and we shared some whiskey together. Wow. Dude, that's awesome, it was, man. It was a good experience. I'm thinking he drugged you, like, with some roofies or something. They take you back and screw you at their place or something. I'm sorry. Wait, that are, <laughs> wait, are these, are these like, reenactments? I always wanted to go to these because, you know, my, my – my understanding is when I saw The Simpsons, and then they always show it. You know, you know, I have a lot of times these reenactments. But are they like actually cool, or is it corny to, to you? I mean, you've been you've been four times in the past, so I feel like you have a good gauge. You know what I mean? Well, you, well thank you. Yes, I think I've got a grasp on it. Like I've got to know some of the reenactors pretty well. And I, this past year, I camped right there on the banks of the Little Big Gordon River oh, with sure. some of the reenactors. And uh, and I would say that what's really cool about them is, and this even goes back to Burning Man a little bit, is it, it's its own little interesting subculture, right? Like, just mm-hmm. like with Burning Man, it's, you know, outcasts or people that love 
EDM or people that are, you know, just want to rave and or art, whatever it is, they all get together once a year and have this little experience and then they go back to where they came. Mm -hmm. thing with these reenactors they come from all over the country and generally most of them are playing a role like they are playing a specific soldier and they've oh. a lot of them have gone as far I, and i love this about people with yeah. passion for anything be it art music reenacting, yes. whatever I, you know I, I like history man but i'm just saying if, if people take it seriously i mean this is like a real okay i i i, I can see how this is not corny man like this is like people take this seriously they're studying the soldier specifics history right but go on yeah. i mean yeah that's well, awesome well, man well i was gonna say like some of the guys have taken it so seriously that they've had the they're wearing an outfit that guy actually wore or they went back like and i had this guy had boots that that he had made by the same family that made the boots for the original guy as a matter of fact, one of the wow. descendants is, you know, an actual descendant of one of the main characters, this guy, Reno, Marcus Reno. He lives in Atlanta and he comes back every year. And it's, it's wow. you know, he'll defend his great, great grandfather or whatever he is. He'll defend him because uh, that guy may have had, may or may not have had a little something to do with Custer's demise, but he tells you it from his perspective. And that's another thing too, is they all sit around a campfire and they'll debate it. They'll talk if they can talk for hours about this particular battle, which is fascinating for mm. so many reasons. So many reasons. Yeah, anyway, yeah. No, and, that's and, awesome. and one thing this year I was hoping would happen because I heard this happen to some people last year. They were out there late at night on the banks of the Little Bighorn, and apparently they were visited by a ghost of a soldier. Right? They were <laughs> they were sitting there, and they're all in the outfits, and they see this guy, a soldier, come up and stop, and. Uh, and they were like, kind of like, you guys seeing this? Like, is that one of our guy? I don't know where, who, which guy is that? And they all, they all were very aware that there was somebody that wasn't them, but was kind of part of them. And, mm. uh, and that didn't happen this year. Although yeah, this year, something that's never happened to any of these people ever before happened, which was, we saw a bear. We saw a mm. bear in the morning. The horses were all freaking out and people were like, what's going on? And up on the hill, you could see a bear running at this. So, that was oh that was shit, dude! Yeah. Fuck trying to use a musket on a bear, man. You imagine that? Boom! Shit, I missed the pole. Hey, give me the gunpowder. Okay, give me. The, okay, you know, pipe it down, pipe it down, pipe it down, pipe it down. Okay, now you're okay. No, you're dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> living back by the time you, you get that next shot into the musket, which can't really shoot that, you know, uh, precise, you're dead. Oh man, yeah, I don't know, man. Whenever I'm a big history buff and I love like Civil War and the and stuff like that too, and just whenever I read the accounts of those people, I'm or just hear about it, I'm just like, man, living back then really sucked. Like uh, living right now is <laughs> a lot better. No, right? it didn't, James. They didn't know any better. It I was just gonna say, tie, we tie it all together. Tie it all together with what we were talking about before Dad came on. Totally um but it, yeah well, yeah it, like 200 years from now someone's gonna think god they were so primitive back then i would hate to live alive in that time yeah that would have been terrible right that's what they'd say yeah yeah no for sure but i mean i don't know man i it, like i said i don't I, I like not having to worry about bears you, you know I, that's just like a nice that's not, I, I i guess i don't mind people... worrying about bears i just want to have a dependable um you know defense mechanism <laughs> whether that's bear spray you know or uh you know, I'd rather not shoot any any animals at all. So, uh, you know, maybe I have a uh, a drop net or a uh, you know a pole net that goes up or something like that around my camp. That's not realistic. 
Yeah, man. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, hey, so okay, I pulled up the storyboards that we were talking about earlier, man. And oh, okay. I, I I'm just saying I, I these are awesome, man. And I'm just wondering, have you ever done any like music videos or or stuff like that? Be, uh, like what what is your like Yeah. Your, I've done some music videos for uh, for Halsey, for Twenty One Pilots. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of that stuff is in here if you if you oh, keep wow. scrolling down. But uh, yeah, music video. I've, I've even shot a music video. That's something I, like his artist. Hold on a second. Wait, wait. Go back. Go back up, uh, James. Second. Okay. So that that piece right there of the guy's uh, uh, arm wrestling. Just to give people an idea, how long did it take you to draw and color that? Uh, I don't know. That's uh, people take a little longer. I'm gonna estimate that was probably about an hour. Okay. Good okay. grief, dude. Beautiful, man. Wow, that's fast. And yeah. how about how big, uh, what like size is that when you're working on it? That's probably like a eight and a half by 11. I tend to, you know, keep it in that size so that when people make a print out, they can, you know, easily scan and, and, yeah. Yep. Scan and print. Nice. Okay. I just wanted to give people an idea that, uh, that are watching and looking at, uh, these, at these pieces. Now, like, I know how things are professionally done. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. some people, they get storyboards and it's fucking stick figures, you know, and you're like, uh, okay. And then you get a, a, a nice budgeted film, you know. Um, hey, Dan, what's, what's the biggest um, illustration job that you've done? Man, how well, long it, did it take? The biggest, like, the approximately. I mean, sometimes you'll I'll get put on something that's that's been, you know, it'll take you six months to work on, right? Uh, that's kind of rare, but it's you know it's a it's a huge volume of work. It's a script or it's this ongoing, I don't know, performance piece or something where someone's got a there's a lot of back and forth. But uh, and one time, oh, this is kind of interesting. Yeah, thinking about where things take you and what you end up doing is like, I've done. I've kind of fallen over the past 10 years, I've kind of fallen into doing a lot of military work. Mm. And that's led me to some interesting stories and some interesting situations where I was, I've been working. And, and again, I don't know how much I'm at liberty to say, cause I can't post anything about this stuff. And, and even though I'm really not supposed to talk about it, I mean, there's a certain amount that's already been told, like Obama, we were working on something under Obama that was supposed to be top secret. And the next thing you know, he's talking about it in a press conference. And specifically what I'm talking about was that me and some other artists were tasked with joining a big group in Tampa, Florida. And uh, we didn't know what we were going to be working on. But when we got down there, you know, I'm talking to like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a fiberglass expert. Oh, I'm a, a camera operator. Oh, I work with lasers. Oh, I, I'm a, an astronaut. There was an astronaut sitting across from me, a really cool guy. Um, anyway, when, it, when it, the meeting got called to order, Lo and behold, we were told that we were assembled here for the next three months to work on an Iron Man suit, a real world Iron Man suit for the military. Mm. And you know, that was just kind of one of my, one of my jobs. So I, I did that for then. And, and, uh, and that was a pretty cool job because, you know, you kind of feel like most of, most of what we make for the movie industry is all fake. But this was like something that could could benefit, you know, our guys or whatever. And that's another thing too, it's kind of funny is like the people that we were working for had this thing where they didn't really want to contribute to the idea of killing other people, but they wanted to like, if it's for protective purposes, like spy satellites and we're going to get the upper edge on, or, you know, something to protect an armored suit that'll protect our guys or whatever, then they were cool with it. So that's kind of how we got into that. But, but I also kind of had the, uh, 
somebody was asking me like the moral, uh, how I felt about it morally. Like, you know, it could be used for killing somebody. I'm like, you know what? I get that, but I kind of, I, I don't know, for the good and bad that we, we uh, you know, uh, I, my point is, I just, I just kind of want our side to win because I think ultimately our side has come up with the best system for freedom and you know beauty in the world. I mean, I'm not saying we're perfect, but you know, you get a fighting chance here, whereas you know, people in China not really right. get a fighting chance. Really, that's before. right. Preach, brother. The Uyghurs, yes, exactly. Yeah, but and and I also thought. If I don't take the job, somebody else will. I want this job. <laughs> I was gonna say that, but I didn't want. I didn't want to. <laughs> somebody else is gonna do it anyway, right? Exactly. exactly. I, I like working. I like working. You know, give me the work. Um, and it was a cool job. And then, and then one other thing I mentioned real quick that's kind of a cool job that I'm just about to go do. I think it's next Saturday. I'm leaving for this gig. Is that uh, there's a very wealthy person that I've kind of gotten to know who. Uh, who likes, who, who may or may not be related to somebody. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm such a blabber mouth, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, may or may not be related to somebody the high up in, in Apple, you know, she might've been married to some guy that's not with us anymore. But anyway, she has a, um, she's got a great place in Palo Alto and, uh, and she likes custom decorations for Halloween. And, and I generally design these every year and, and we create them. So I got a big team of people to come together and we make what, what really is a fun month long project, which I'll be posting on my Instagram stories about the build. And this year's theme is going to be a uh, Greek mythology theme. So we're gonna try to make that scary. And I've had a bunch of meetings today and all last week. You don't use filters on your Instagram posts, I'm noticing, even though- I do? Oh, no, you don't, you don't, oh. right? Basically, because- oh. He doesn't just, what? He doesn't use filters because now I'm looking at these. I'm like, these aren't like, these aren't like, you know, these are like the real deal because you have some that are kind of like, like I said, it has some other things taped inside it. And I was just like, wow, man, these are absolutely amazing. You can really see the detail if you want to go on. Uh, no, that's what I'm telling you. He's, he's one of the best drawers that I know. And I know a lot. So nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, bring this back around to street art. And, and I'm, I'm curious what you're looking at there, James. Can you pull oh, that oh, up? Yeah, yeah. I'll pull this up real quick. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that. If, if you here real quick, sorry. If uh, I was just looking at this basically because if you had put like a filter on it, it would would have changed the color of this actual photo here or anything like that. But this is just straight black and white, like no oh, yeah. shadow, no nothing filter just put on there, and it just looks so clean, man. I'm just like, oh, nice. yeah, I'm that's generally like, out of my my sketchbooks. Like, yeah, I'll I, just I, take... I would I would like kill to have a sketchbook. There you go. Like Hold that up right quick, Dan. Show uh, show James. This yeah, one like, I was talking uh, about, like these, these sketchbooks yeah, like, that he has. Yeah, this one. <laughs> like, you know, this is uh, over in New Orleans, and this was a this was the Hard Rock Casino they were trying to build. It collapsed. As a matter of fact, the day before I got there, they removed the body that was in that area right there. And, <laughs> you know, oh, my God. See, right here on my drawing, that's where the dead person was. <laughs> but, uh, well, here's something about bringing back to street art is um, I've been doing... Because look, I'd like to be in a gallery like you guys at some point, or Keith. I know you've done some gallery shows or gallery where you've had your your one man show. Actually, you know what? Do you remember when your first your first gallery show was in our apartment? You kind of had a, a big yes, I know. You cleaned all your stuff out, did an amazing job of like we had a, you know a bunch of stuff in there, but packed hey, it all away, cleaned everything out, friend, nice. Man. Had a had a little you know show and everything. Very few people came, but you know, uh, hey, yeah. Do you, you recognize these, Keith? 
Oh yes, yes I do. It's holding a fat gray cap marker. Yeah, or or just mark. Uh, these right. are you know the acrylic based markers. A lot of Paint markers, guys yeah. will use these. Well, what I've been doing with them is taking wooden canvases and and starting to do like little street scenes with them, and just mm -hmm. drawing on here because it's kind of a neat world where illustration meets painting to some mm -hmm. degree. So I've been doing. Yes. Uh, there's, there's this. Wow. There, here's a, a bigger one. It's kind of a uh, you know. So it's just you know it's. It, it's paint on there. I, I just did some back in Hollywood. And you do these like on, on location, right? Not from a photo. Yeah. You actually go out there on the street and yeah. he's actually doing technically street art. Yeah. Yeah, street art. And I'm kind of putting it on canvas because at some point nice. I'd like to have, you know, some work in a gallery or maybe something to leave behind that's not digital, that doesn't really exist anywhere. When we ever yeah. have a big, when we ever have a big kind of like show or party to get together to kind of like celebrate, you know, we haven't thrown one in a while, but we definitely love to invite some of your your work into uh, in our little group show, man. Whenever we have that, Dan. So uh, there you go, man. You, you know, what I mean, I think that'd be. You know what I would like to see is uh, you set up and um, do one of those and actually have some uh, a wall that has some graffiti on it. Yeah. You don't yeah. do it necessarily exact colors that are on the wall or whatever. But similar to it, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I would love to see that, it, you, know, you know, just to see how you would represent the graffiti and then along with the, you know, the rest of the landscape that you do like that. It's really cool. We normally ask the guests like, hey, like, when did you for we didn't we didn't because you guys know each other pretty well. So like, I just want to know because your your work is so amazing. When did what was like when you're a kid? Like, what were you drawing? Like, what, what kind of like things were you like copying i guess you and your what's the first thing you remember drawing that was really good yeah uh really good we were young, like four five six years old whatever seven well i can remember as a kid my mom did a great job of of we i would tell her a story and i would illustrate it and she would write it down and a lot of my stories involved i don't know i was kind of into world war ii as a kid so it would be an aircraft carrier flying <laughs> in freak all your fucking life okay <laughs> yeah so, so me too it's okay and once Star Wars came around, I was drawing R two D two and C three and X wing fighters. I was just way into that. So, yeah, I've always, I've always. What what, uh, what mediums were you working with? Just pencil or or crayon, crayon, Crayola, I believe. You know, I had the fancy sixty four pack, mind you. Ooh, <laughs> with the with the uh, sharpener in the back. Definitely had the sharpener in it, and sometimes I would do markers. You know, I never knew, like, you know, we only had white paper to draw with crayons. So I never used the white one, man. I was always like, man, you know, I used to, I used to be like construction paper to use this one. That was always my fattest crayon, man. But um, but you said Star Wars also was like pretty, pretty. I, I'm guessing you guys are in the age where it actually came out in your lifetimes in the theaters. I remember when they did a re-release in the 90s. Everybody Fuck got, you. Everybody Fuck got, you, <laughs> youngster. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like I said, like, you know, but during that time, it must have been like, blown away because I, I mean you, you know people yeah. li lining up yes computers. we were very happy with those special effects couldn't be any better they were like we were like yes that's fucking real enough looking for me <laughs> right, Dan? And it was it was amazing I, I probably saw that 11 times in the theaters you know it was uh it was highly 
inspiring, you know. Are, are you are you a Return of the Jedi guy or are the Wookiees too too uh, you know teddy bear for you guys? I, I'm all, I like them personally, but I'm just saying. I checked out that that was too babyish for me. I, you oh, know, okay, I'm, okay. I'm the fourth <laughs> I agree, bro. I agree. It's like okay, they're really pushing this shit now. They're they're just trying to sell teddy bears and shit now, basically, right? I got you. See, the That's first funny. one was kind of like they're trying to bring the kids in. You know, they're trying to bring you know interest from kids and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Star Wars was incredible. Um, yeah, and uh, what else? What else? Um, man, I wanted to. I know we're probably winding down here, and we uh, are, but we got time for you, Dan. I mean, this oh shit, awesome. yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. Holy we're cow! Outside, but it's all good, man. I mean, like, is there, you know, anything like you want to, you know? Well, he told us what he has about? coming up there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Look forward to looking uh, to seeing that, man. Yeah, your your well, Halloween uh, uh, designs for this uh, person. Okay, I mean, I, I got a question actually for you, Dan. But you know I what? Mean, What's the best way to, for uh, people to keep up with you? Uh, I guess Instagram? What's your Instagram? Good old Instagram. Well, I have two Instagrams, sir. Thank you for asking. And yeah, you know, I could use a couple of followers, right? We could all use a couple extra followers. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, my, my, my gram is uh, pizza shoe uh, underscore draws. And uh, then there's also my photos and some of my illustrations going. The other thing, which is Pizza Shoe Travels. And uh, hey, I just posted some of my Burning Man shots from this year. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also. Where does that's, Pizza that's Shoe a, come from? Where's Pizza Shoe? Hey, good question. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask question. that. I was going to ask you. That's, that's been an, a, a long time password. That, that's not, doesn't work anymore, but it was a password <laughs> at one point. And just because that was my password for everything. It just became something, and it, and it came from liking pizza, and uh, and and only wearing a certain kind of shoe. Like, it, you know, what's funny is I've always worn Stan Smith's shoes since like high school, and then recently, Ooh. like I see, like in the past five years, suddenly for some reason, Stan Smith's shoes got way popular. Like everyone was wearing them. I know they have its actual name on them now. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, well, the thing is, Adidas ripped those off, basically, right? Or are they Adidas? Uh, I'm yeah, they're saying. Adidas. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, I was just saying that's like a... Dan also had a uh, has a series of uh, of photos that he takes where he'll see a, a shoe sitting in the street or uh, what is it exactly? The uh... yeah. He also a... had this rocket, this little rocket, this little <laughs> red and white rocket. Rin Tin is it? It was uh, a Tin Tin rocket. It was a Belgian cartoon character. It's a Tin tin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember adventures. I would take this dumb rocket around in my travels and photograph it in front of whatever landmark I was, you know, Stonehenge or the Eiffel Tower or whatever. And and you know, eventually and actually that started out by accident because I would use that back in the days of you know self timers and whatever. I would use that to focus I would focus on the, the checkerboard pattern. Like your focal point. And and then I would, you know, replace that out and replace me with or replace the rocket with me. And uh, and inevitably, I, I ended up getting a bunch of shots of just the rocket because the timer wasn't set, and it was you know. So then I got the rocket by itself at the Grand Canyon, and and I thought that's ah, kind of a neat thing. Maybe it's just the rocket. So I started doing that you know, kind of a thing. You know, I take the rocket with me wherever I travel. So but the other thing that Keith was talking about, and and here's something. One shoe. Here's maybe a, a lesson for you, and it's a weird, weird freaking thing. Was that. Uh, the shoe I, I would take pictures of just a single shoe you find on the side of the road and i would kind of document it and everywhere i go we've always seen the shoe right 
So I was documenting this for years and years and years with the, the whole, and I actually did meet with a, a publisher at one point because I was going to do a coffee table book about it. And, um, and, and I don't know, the publisher was like into it, but not that into it. And I don't know, I kept working on the book. Well, as time went on, suddenly I hear CNN's reporting about this, somebody that did the exact same thing, coffee table book. They had this guy on, they're interviewing him. He get this, he was from Pensacola and his last name was Hamilton. And he was doing the what? exact same thing I was doing. It was the freakiest <laughs> thing. And I was like, oh, so my dude. point there is that if you don't strike while the iron's hot, somebody else is going to get your idea or take hey. it or do that's something it. with it. And it might funny. be someone that is from exactly where you're from and they'll take your name and the rest of your whole life. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. hey, hold on. Not, you know, I, I want to ask though. I want to ask because, okay. Like when you saw a teacher kind of become or Keith, you know, become evolving into, uh, you know, developing to the artist he is today, you know, you know, did you kind of like reach out? To, I mean, have, you know, and be like, hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> you know, or was it kind of just like a natural? Are you okay, dude? What the fuck development happened? for you? Yeah, because I mean, no, most I, of us know him I, from, you know, after. I I love, and I gotta give you, you know, your props here, teacher Keith. Uh, it's. I don't know if I should call you teacher or Keith, but I know you as Keith and, and, and I love you as teacher. but I'll give you i I'll give you a big pat on the back for, for diving into your passion for this. And we were talking about passion earlier, uh, you know, with full force, uh, you know, a hundred percent, just, you know, all your feet diving into it. And, and I love that it's taken off for you. I love that it's given you a, a certain amount of notoriety and respect and, you know, credibility and, and whatever is going on. It's inspiring to me because like, you're doing things that I haven't seen anyone else do. And and it's cool to watch you. From our art school, yeah. No other graffiti artists come from our art school. <laughs> well, well, that's it too. When you leave art school, you're not exactly sure what you're going to do. Like I landed that Disney internship and I thought that would be my future, but life took a different way. And I know- yeah, that's even... one thing I do not appreciate about that fucking art school is they didn't really prepare us for how to you know, present ourselves or how to make good connections or- go about what we were doing in the, in the real world, you know? Um, I would agree. With you know what? Maybe I should thank them because I wouldn't have become who I am today. Right. Well, well when it, when it took a hold of you, when you figured out you wanted to do it, it was great to see this. And I've gone out with you before and I would document you or right. you doing what you do. And it's just cool to see the process or to hear the stories or to be out there late at night or just to see how you, you figured this out and now we're going to do it this way. And you know, you got your bucket and you, you know, everything goes in it, and you would know the other person's work and you would, yeah, it was, it's great that there's this, this whole other world. I was just listening to your, uh, what was it? Uh, kook when talk about stuff, yes. on your podcast, yeah. that was a great podcast. Um, thank you, Dan. And, and it's cool to hear other people's stories about how they got where they are. Like, look, I don't necessarily know that I want to be doing, ah, here's a little, you know, peek behind the curtain. Yeah. I'm pretty good at what I do and I'm doing stuff for other people, but I, I generally don't want to be known for this. It's just kind of something, it kind of took over my life. It's something I mm. do because I'm good at it and it pays well. And, and, and I, I guess I'm appreciative for it. I'm glad that I've got this talent and I can give somebody what they want, but I, it kind of bugs the shit out of me that I'm, yeah, that so I crazy. sit here and I'm putting a vision to somebody else's dream when I've got my own dreams that I want to get out there, my own things I want to do. So well, dude, you're starting to write now, if I remember you saying correctly, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I'd like to be known for something else other than, you know, putting a vision to somebody else's that, dream. So that's, so crazy that's why, that. you know, with my with my canvases or with, you know, the story I'm writing or with 
I don't know, the photographs or something, something I want to, or, or a giant installation on a burning man. It's, it's something you want to be, something you want to be known for. So I gotta, I gotta get that. And I would, I hope we all get that. Same thing that's with you, James, and your music. I, I want to <laughs> check out your music. Thanks, man. And you know, that's so awesome to hear because I feel like, you know, a lot of times people, if they're like, hey, if I go to art school, then, you know, and they took the route that you took, then they would be like, I'd be completely happy as, as a, uh, you know, maybe as a high school artist and thinking like, hey, if I can actually draw and do that, you know, and I think that, you know, this is a great opportunity to hear just two, you know, people from the same art school who know each other for a long time, talk a little bit about their whole journey. And I think that that's awesome that, uh, you know, we really appreciate you coming and sharing your story with us, Dan. So uh, I can't wait to meet you in person sometime, man. I mean, I'm going to be doing this with this guy for a long time because he's a, you know, like I said, a prolific guy. I'm a freak. Uh, I, I this is my therapy. Him. I'll never stop doing it until I die, probably. <laughs> so this guy's great. This guy's great. I don't know how many beers you've ever shared with this guy. Oh yeah, we we we've, yeah yeah definitely we've partied. Yes. <laughs> Dude, yeah, all right. Yeah, you yeah. know what? There was one time, one story, real quick, because that yeah. uh, one time I was out drinking a beer with Keith, and there was some lady that was really interested in him. Got it. We were at the well, circle. Of course, bar. I mean, a really tall. The circle guy. bar, yeah. Anyway, this chick would not leave Keith alone. And at one point, she slides her number over to him. And he's like, that's all right, thanks. You know, he takes it. She's like, you better pick that up. Like, I want to see you put that in your pocket. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. Yeah, I'll put it away. She's like, no, I saw her pick up the, the, the her, her napkin with her number on it and wedge it in between the beer and his hand because she definitely <laughs> wanted, like, yes. it was crazy. Yes, I remember that. Oh, it was great. Anyway, play having play a beer on, with man. Keith is great. I wasn't going to call her, but when she did that, I'm like, oh, I got to call her now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it was always crazy. And, and I was just hanging around hoping to pick up some of your crumbs. Like, come on. <laughs> hey, all right, I'll call you. Give me your number, right? Something. Yeah, it was and like that for me back in art school with you and your fucking hair, dude. I mean, this guy, he's... <laughs> oh, say, and he's still a little bit more. You know who Dudley Moore is? Mm. Yeah, you know, I do. Dudley Arthur. Moore, uh, James, right? before Arthur. your time, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude right yeah. here. Look at that. Exactly him, right? And when he was younger, you know, the dark hair, even more so. So, you know, there was him, right? Who was cool. He's a jammer. He's got a good voice. Like if he ever does um, karaoke, this dude blows everybody away and everything. Um, whereas, you know, me, I'm too self-conscious and everything and just, you know, too nervous and shit. So, yeah, yeah, you're a wallflower, you. <laughs> Well, like I said, man, you know, we're going to keep on doing this show, Dan, and sometime we're going to be down in Florida sometime, and I hope to have a beer with you too, brother. Well, well I'll uh, be out there soon enough. Let's get a beer together. Thanks oh, for yeah. having me on the show today. That's right. Palo Alto. So, uh, yeah, give us a shout, dude. All right. Very well. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you so much thank for Thank you, bro. Us today, Appreciate Dan. it. And uh, to the audience, thank you guys for hanging out with us today. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes and follow us at BTTP Show. Love you guys. Take care and peace. East.
Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.